Welcome to 28ish. We're a podcast dedicated to making space for menstrual cycles, cyclical living, divine feminine power, and everything in between. We get into the details of periods, hormones, cycle tracking, feminine business prowess, and every other aspect of being a bleeding person. I'm your host, Carrie McKinnon. I'm a menstruality mentor and the CEM, Chief Executive Menstruator at 28ish. Be sure to check us out at 28ish.com to see our cycle tracking art and feel free to leave us a comment letting us know what cycle day you're on. Thanks for listening and remember, your cycle is more than your period. Hi, today we're going to speak to Dr. LJ Johnson, and this was a really fun conversation to have. She's a women's hormone coach specializing in endometriosis, PCOS, and fibroids. Dr. LJ has worked in the women's health and fitness industry for over 20 years, while she's also overcome her own diagnosis of endometriosis. She's so fun to speak to and so fun online. So please go check out her Instagram. I love watching her honest, empowering, inspiring, and vulnerable posts regularly. You'll find in this that LJ's passion is to absolutely empower motivate, educate all women so that they too can have a quality of life despite their symptoms of diagnosis. Enjoy the episode. Welcome, Dr. Johnson. Hey, hey, how are you? Very good. Thank you so much. I can't wait to have this conversation with you. I'm super excited. It took us a while to connect and mesh those schedules, but baby, now that we got it, we are ready to rock. And yes, just raise some awareness and bring some education to the audience. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for um, coming on here and talking to us today. I have a whole bunch of questions for you, and I can't wait to dig into uh, your story and the way that you are working and helping people. Um, However, I would like to start with knowing where you are. Right. Where am I in this world? So I am here in Scottsdale, Arizona. I've been here for about a year and a half. Everyone that knows me probably knows me from Denver. That's my home. So I went from freezing cold and now I'm at raging hot. So that's where I'm at right now. I've been soaking up all the moisture. Now I'm cooking 24 seven. It's either hot or hotter here. So a person of extremes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I'm loving the heat. The heat is definitely serving me way better than the cold. (laughs) Wonderful. Okay. Well, thank you for that. Um, I'm wondering, you know, we heard about you and what you do in our introduction, but I'm wondering if you can kind of put it in your words and tell us what you do. I know. What do I do? Who am I? What am I all about? Well, you know, I was freezing in Denver in the mountains. Now your girl roasting over here in the desert. I specialize in women's hormones, specifically when it comes to endometriosis, PCOS, and fibroids, specifically because it is my own journey with endometriosis. It took me 16 years to get diagnosed. So as we chat about, you know, the story and the journey, that's what really shifted my practice is my own healing journey where I was not getting, you know, wins. I was out saying one thing, but then suddenly what I was saying on stages wasn't working for my body and it really Mm. just shifted and pivoted my world. So that is what I do. A lot of you may have known me from Instagram, a little bit from TikTok, but just raising awareness and really educating, empowering, motivating people that they can live an amazing life despite their diagnosis. That's, that's really beautiful. Now, and you said 
it shifted the way you felt about what you were saying on stages. So what, what can I ask about that? Let's <laughs> talk about that. Yes. Yeah, so in my prior life, it was fitness LJ. And it's so funny. Every time oh. I tell the story, um, I came from a background strong in fitness and women's health. And it wasn't that nutrition and all that wasn't important. Hormones weren't important. It was just more, to be honest, focused on the aesthetics, right? What can we do to lose the five pounds? What can we do to, you know, get those hips right? You know, what can we do to have more energy? And essentially all that traveling, and I loved what I did, and it was all fitness-based, you know, creating programs, opening gyms, all of this. And so what happened is all that I was talking about suddenly stopped working for me. As I got older, your girl got wiser, more mature, those little gray hairs, everything started popping in, those hormones started shifting. The whole over-exercise and under-eat and always the go, 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 the rat race, it wasn't working for me any longer. Suddenly, you know, the under eating, the over exercising, that allopathic, you know, mindset of if there's a problem, you know, grab a prescription, then we'll bring in the homeopathic, the natural after it wasn't working for me. I was in debilitating pelvic pain 24 seven. I had period pain. I was passing out during my cycle, the murder scene periods. I had all of these systems essentially shutting down in my body. And so it came to a point where I loved what I did, but like I keep circling back to, it was no longer working for me. The mindset, the nutrition, the fitness, the go, 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 the type A that we were talking about before we got on the camera, right? The analysis by over paralysis, all of those things really started to catch up with me. Wow. That that's really cool. I it's I'm almost getting this visual of you just being like brilliant out there in the world being with this energy you're bringing this go, go, go this like brilliant unicorn. And then like your cycle, like jumping up and grabbing you. Essentially, (laughs) hiding in plain sight, right? I was either on stage going a million miles an hour and changing the world and doing all these amazing things or on my bathroom floor crippled with period pain, you know, on my bathroom floor, not being able to walk, having hot flashes, all of these things. So there was no happy medium. It was either totally amazing or totally horrible. And so that is what really shifted everything for me because I no longer had quality of life. And I want to circle back to saying, like I said, it was hiding in plain sight. You only yeah. knew the LJ that showed up on camera, but the person behind the camera is the one that was truly suffering and just had no life, to be honest. Yeah. The, you know, that's a whole niche, niche. I don't know how you choose to say that word. I choose to say niche. Um, <laughs> that that in and of itself is a whole niche, isn't it? Like, and, and, a, and an entirely different subject that's very related though, but a niche of like, I wonder how many influencers and prominent personalities we have out there that are suffering that badly behind the scenes. We know, and we talk about them suffering from, you know, I don't know, d- um, abusive relationships, like we saw with the what was it, Gabby, whoever. Um, Mm -hmm. And then they've got like one life on camera and this terrible thing happening off camera. It's a total niche though, to be thinking about like women that are in the health and fitness space that are suffering hardcore because of their hormones off camera. Right. And that's the thing. We don't want to, you want to hold up this facade, right? And let's just talk about Instagram. Like I have an Instagram account, but I'm very transparent and not that I was being fake or that I wasn't being dishonest before, but before I didn't know it was okay to not be okay. Before I didn't know it was okay to be like, Hey, Carrie, I know you gave me this amazing project and we have these things to do, but my body, like something's going on. I didn't feel comfortable enough to kind of put that guard down to not always wear that superwoman 
golden cape. And it's, it's one of those things. When you get into the work industry and you're doing the things and you're that boss babe, you don't want that weakness. You don't want that transparency to come through because people will take advantage of it. But then for me, I didn't want to be the person in the health and wellness space that wasn't the picture perfect health and wellness. It's so interesting. Yeah. I was looking at a vacation thing and I'm going to start teaching some classes. And in the description, it was very, the way they put it, it kind of made me think. They were like making sure, you know, it was like, make sure you have your certifications, make sure you have your first aid CPR. And then I, mean, I hate to call the company out, but they were like a picture of health and wellness. And I started thinking, what is a picture of health and wellness? So yeah. I, I know that you couldn't put in your description, you know, must be this weight, this height, this look. But mm. essentially what you just said was that, a picture of health and wellness. So like I said, not calling the company out, but we all had that mindset. We had to look a certain way. We had to operate in a certain way. And so, but yeah, your Instagram, your social media was just those picture perfect days. I wasn't going to get on there and talk about, you know, how I had this horrible pelvic pain. I wasn't going to get on there and talk about how I was taking birth control because I felt like I had no other option. I wasn't going to get on there and say, gosh, I'm so glad you guys came to class today I passed out this morning but I crawled over and got dressed and now I'm here you know people would be like what like they don't want to hear that they just want to yeah. hear the positive stuff and so especially in the last few years it's became to where we don't want to just hear about your amazing vacation and see your perfectly curated you know home like we want to see the messy right we want to yeah. see what's going on behind the scenes and for me honestly once I became more transparent that, hey, I'm suffering, that things aren't perfect over here. I'm a single mother, not able to take care of my children. I can't go to work some days. Hey, I have an amazing business and I had to take a break from my business because of my health. Then, to be honest, that's when my business actually went to the next level. It wasn't yeah. when it was picture perfect LJ, everything, you know, perfectly curated. It's like, I wake up some days and I feel amazing and other days I don't feel so amazing, right? And I have to rely on my support system, but it's finding that comfort in being like, okay, it's okay to not be okay. And I think some of us have sat there and it took us a while, but now what are we going to do about it? And I'm more to, you know, especially when it comes to endometriosis, we like to throw around the term endo warrior. And my thing now is endo warrior is great, right? You get up every day, you're at war with your body, you're pushing past the pain, you're doing all the things. Yeah. But let's be honest, for me, that's a chronic illness. We're going to be mm. at war 24-7. I'm going to be honest, baby. I'm 43. I'm tired. I'm tired yeah. of being at war every yeah. single morning, every single day. So my goal really is to take you from endo-warrior to endo-conqueror. Now, that is not going to happen overnight. It didn't happen overnight for me. It took me 16 years to get my diagnosis. But now that's what I do with my patients is really putting you in the driver's seat of your health. I get very passionate about it because it changed my world. But looking back, I'm like, gosh, if I would have just stepped into this power and this knowing, which is why I raise so much awareness, because many people, we are just normalizing the pelvic pain. We're normalizing the period pain. We're sweeping everything under the hormonal rug yeah. and just hoping and praying that, you know, that one supplement that we've seen on Instagram is going to change our world. And it typically doesn't work that way. It's just, once again, when we come down to the 100% real, it's just not that simple. Yeah. It, it's, it's interesting too, that, you know, you talk about your age and getting vulnerable and getting real about this happened for you when in the past few years, is that right? Right. Yeah. So, so I mean, it, there's a maturity in that, right? Like maybe you absolutely. were ready to, to fully show yourself at that age. 
I think, right, it comes with that wisdom. I know, and I say 43 like it's way out there, but it it, it has been a developing thing for me. And it's been interesting looking at my healing journey as well. Part of the healing was talking about what was going on. Part of the healing was not sitting in silence. Part of the healing was, you know, talking to my boss when they're like, hey, we wanted you to do this thing and being like, you know what? I've got to take some time for me. I've got to take some time for my family. If not, because what would happen is I'd go, 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 go. As you can see, energy is kind of my signature, but (laughs) I just would like that energy would go. And what happened is I wouldn't take time for myself. I would ignore the pain. I would ignore the acne. I would ignore this, that, and the other. I had a pill for every ill. And then eventually it's like I had all these supplements. I had zero quality of life. And I'm like, okay, great. I'm going to do a speech tomorrow about how to rev up your metabolism. But I put on 18 pounds in the last month. Maybe, maybe the Rev Up Metabolism seminar is, it needs to be revamped because yeah. it clearly is not working for me. And I'm going to places and people are congratulating me on expecting. And I'm like, I'm not expecting. I'm just super bloated, right? Yeah. It's a very humbling experience to where you're like, okay, I, I got to go back to ground zero and figure out what is really going on here. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that that is a very, unfortunately, common experience um amongst women successful women Mm -hmm. uh, that are kind of in the in the limelight or not just you know super present in their lives and in their work and not really necessarily having the vocabulary to like make space for their cycles and for the way Mm -hmm. that they are like for themselves essentially um and and what they're going through and trying to power through and like you said take pills anytime there's there's something wrong as opposed to like stopping resting (laughs) nurturing and healing yourself in the way that you need to so it's tough it's not something i i'm yeah i mean i bow my head and i think i'm like it didn't happen overnight it was a long process and so it's being able i would say community is huge having a community having someone that you can that not only can support you but someone that'll be like hey you're doing too much you know, mm. hey, do you need some help with something? But also for us super women, right, that like to wear the cape and carry the cross, not only yeah. for ourselves, but our children, our partners, girlfriends, boyfriends, whoever, to also know that it's okay to be like, I need help. And I think yeah. that is huge that we're okay with asking for help when it comes to our career. We're okay with asking for help when it comes to all these other things. But when it comes to us kind of letting ourselves be more transparent when it comes to our health, we really look at it as a form of weakness. However, if your girlfriend text you right now and was like, oh my gosh, I'm having such a bad day. My back's hurting this, that, and the other. We'd be like, oh girl, don't even worry about it. Don't go. You shouldn't go to the gym today. You should yeah. probably do some self-care. But if someone told us that, we're like, oh no, 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 no. Uh-uh. I've got this project to do. I've got this, that, and the other. My boss yeah. is counting on me. So we give everyone in our world the grace, yet we won't even give it to ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely can see what you're saying about like an uptick and connecting with your audience and up leveling your business once you decided to get vulnerable. I have a funny story of being asked to speak at a women's conference at one point. And um, it was one of my first and larger gigs that I've done talking about mindfulness and very like basic level, like here's a few meditation, breathing techniques, whatever. Um, But in the intro, what I chose to do to kind of contextualize myself and what Mm -hmm. mindfulness has done for me, um, I realized when I was kind of prepping my presentation that I take pictures of myself uh, in those low moments, like selfies of me, like crying with no makeup on. And I always thought it was like some weird little 
tick, you know, like your dirty little secret, right? <laughs> felt like who the hell does that, right? Like who wants to document it? But it was, it was a drive. And then I realized that like, actually, I think I instinctually did that because I was going to do something with that one day. So at this conference, what I decided to do my big, you know, power move in this and really claiming this space in my life to be a vulnerable speaker and to be like authentic and truly connect with an audience um, is that, yeah, I introduced myself as, you know, the business owner and a mom and like all the wonderful things and all the beautiful headshots. Right. And then I said, but I'm also this. And I showed those pictures of me crying and people were like, you could hear oh, like a gasp, you know, but like, <laughs> because it was kind of screwed up, but, <laughs> and then like maybe- But think about the level of respect. Like, All of yeah, a sudden no. they were like, I can relate to you. Like, it was so she's impactful. me. Yeah, I had yes. people coming up to me after like, thank you. Thank you for showing that. Like, I thought I was the only one that took weirdo pictures of myself crying. So, <laughs> so yeah, but with you, okay. I want to take it way back for you to the very beginning of your relationship with your cycle. My relationship with my cycle, I'll never forget when I first started my period, my dad came home and like gave me a card and big like, congratulations, welcome to womanhood. And I was like, okay, I mean, I thought I didn't know what this was, but whatever, right? But think about like, I'm 12 years old, I'm just starting my period, like, you're just figuring out your body. You're like, I was playing at the park and I stink. You're like, what is going on? So I just remember that weird transition. But at the age of 14, it really took a turn for me. I'm talking mm. about chronic period pain doubled over not being able to go to school having accidents you know being in sports you know doing great in academics but yeah. i mean just little things as i date myself as you know back in the day you'd run the bleachers right you're out there yeah. doing all the things but it's like there were days i couldn't breathe there were days that when my period came everyone else would you know maybe be a little bloated or they you know wouldn't wear white shorts but for me it stopped my world in my tracks my asthma would be out of control i was wheezing i couldn't breathe and it got to where every time my period came none of my regular medication worked and so i want to mm. really hone in on that because a lot of people with endometriosis they're just kind of like oh it's a period thing and, and that's the biggest thing we'll definitely define endometriosis but it's not just a period problem it's not a rogue period it's not a reproductive disorder it's chronic systemic inflammation throughout your entire body so for mm. me what turned out to be you know more of a period issue was something bigger than that i was passing out during my cycle i'd pass out at school i was overheating i was having hot flashes like think about being yeah. 14 at years 14 Hot flashes. Yeah. God. So, and, but this is the thing you're 14. You don't know what you don't know. You don't know that this yeah. is normal. Two years ago, your dad just congratulated you on Welcome to Womanhood. So, you're just like, here I am, here I go. Yeah. And so, yes, I was having hot flashes, horrible acne, lots of vision issues, lots of ENT issues, ear, nose, and throat issues, always mm. having a chronic sinus infection. I all, it was like I was the person that was always sick. Someone yeah. could be sick two classrooms away, cough, and somehow I was ill. It didn't mm. matter if I was around them. I mean, it sounds extreme, but I always had an issue. My immune system was under attack. I remember having a conversation with my mother and explaining to her that, you know, I was having period pain. I remember a distinct moment. I hate to tell this story, but it's true where I called. And I was in the office and that's back in the day where we had the old school recorders, right? My mom had this like fun recording and all this. And I left a message that I had another accident. I was in pain. I wanted to come home. She didn't answer. So I suffered for a little bit and you sit in the nurse's office. I called a neighbor. Neighbor came and picked me up, bought me all this stuff, brought me some chocolate, took me home only to discover my mother was there 
heard the recording, gave me a stern talking to of number one, that I was a strong black woman, that I did not feel pain, that I needed to keep pushing past it. Also being in a religious household that, you know, if I had a stronger faith with God, you know, I was a PK that if I had stronger faith, I just need to lean into God, it'll be fine. But I was like, I I literally passed out, like I'm in pain, but you're telling me I don't feel pain. So at the age of 14, I was, at the point where I knew it was not okay to complain or even Mm. voice. And it wasn't that I was complaining. I was miserable. I was in pain. I couldn't function. I was the oldest of four. And so for my mother, once again, not to bash, but for her, she didn't have time for the oldest child to be complaining about what she thought was period pain because she had never had that pain. So I was told to really like toughen up buttercup and keep pushing. And that's what I did for years. Now, once I got older and got into college, Yes, I remember getting Kaiser, my first insurance, you know, making my own appointments, kind of being in that adulting. But then it was the same dismissive behavior from doctors. Once again, you say period pain, they're like, ah, I got a birth control for you, right? You're saying bladder pain, ah, here's an antibiotic for your, you know, UTI. But here's the thing. I was on years and years of antibiotics, you know, went to the urologist. And I think for a lot of people also, when you're getting diagnosed with endometriosis, it's almost like a diagnosis of exclusion. After they've tried everything, I repeat, everything else, then they're like, you know what? Maybe it's endo. And for me personally, as I jump ahead, I had to do a lot of research to find my own diagnosis. So it wasn't just all the book knowledge and going to college and all of these things, right? Education is important. But let me tell you, when you're awake at 2 or 3 a.m. every morning in pain, nothing to do. I mean, that was some of my best research. That was before we were saving trees. I was printing yeah. everything off of, I say Dr. Google. I think back then it was more of AOL. We were, exactly. we were on dial-up yeah. baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were dialing up to get that information, you know, the whole, yeah. the old school. But for me, I had to do a lot of research. And so what started off as a period issue began to tear down every system in my body. I had chronic pelvic pain 24 seven, lots of unexplained joint pain, lots of unexplained joint issues, a lot of bowel issues, you know, chronic constipation, then diarrhea, you know, all of these issues. I had a lot of GI pain, Mm -hmm. a lot of inflammation throughout my entire body. So it was really just, you know, a cascade of events. And so as you're listening to this, I'm sure some people are like, oh my gosh, I have endo, that's my story. And then others are kind of like, oh, I have all these things happening to me and I never made the connection. And so it was a long, long journey. It took me 16 years to get my diagnosis. And even then it was like a breath of fresh air, right? Like I could inhale, exhale, I had a diagnosis, but then it was like, then what? And then that was like the whole slap in the face of, oh, there is no treatment, you know, there's no cure. So do you want to go back on the birth control? Do you want to go back on the narcotics? But I had done that for years and it was not helping me in any way. Gosh, that, okay. That's very rich and very, very in a way triggering it, taking it back to the thing. Well, first of all, your dad giving you a card, right? I love that. <laughs> I, you know, okay. So I feel like we're like twin twinning out here. I'm 43. My mom gave me a card when I got my first period at 12. (laughs) Fun, fun, fun. Yeah. You're like, you're the only other person I've met who got a congratulatory card for it. And I I felt like so embarrassed by that. Like how, why would you give me this? But I always say like it planted a seed in my head that it was something to be proud of. And then Mm -hmm. it was just like, shut up. But unlike you, I did not suffer from periods like that. And I'm wondering um, your mother, because like I have daughters who are uh, they're turning 13 next week Mm -hmm. and I yeah I I try to strike a balance between 
not getting into the narrative of periods are supposed to be painful and it's like this terrible thing you know this there's a lot of there there's a real vibe out there and on tiktok like we've got more awareness on social media now than ever about absolutely periods and what that is and even some of the organizations that are really dedicated to raising this awareness are doing it in a way that's somewhat negative like the the language around it and mm-hmm. like oh it sucks to bleed so it hurts and whatever so with my daughters i try to strike a balance between like not feeding into that and helping them to like if you're feeling uncomfortable you're bleeding like that is normal to feel some discomfort but then also striking a balance between not um normalizing this idea that it's just gonna hurt uh with actually listening to them as well you know and trying to figure mm-hmm. out okay what is going on here like is this an abnormal level of pain and then what the hell do you do about it you know because i mm-hmm. i'm not someone that suffered from it um so this is this is very interesting for me to hear your your story about this and yeah so i am wondering how you went from okay a long standing suffering relationship with your cycle Mm -hmm. that you couldn't find help with and you were trying to heal yourself and then finally getting your diagnoses and then I don't know did it turn into masking it like how do you get into a fitness career from that you know like how do you go from full body attack to fitness right so I had been in fitness so going backwards this is a good question so reversing back I graduated high school when I was 15 years old I went straight to college so at the age of 15 I was in college my whole fitness career pretty much started when I was about 17 years old so I was a certain so I was in fitness this entire time suffering showing up to classes, killing it, you know, teaching at cycle bar, you know, orange theory, all of these, all of these big companies, I was writing their programming, running these classes. So while I was doing all this fitness and traveling, I was still dealing with endometriosis. Now, even when I got further into my career and higher up the ladder, I'd been diagnosed, but I was still dealing with a lot of the chronic pelvic pain, um, the painful sex, the murder scene periods, like all of these things. My body was just, at by that point, I'd say more in my 30s, it had gotten to like enough was enough. It wasn't just mm. pelvic pain. I was, you know, bleeding all of the time. I was cramping all of the time. I was always the person that had, you know, the imaginary UTI, but not really. Like I had all the UTI symptoms, mm. the pens and needles, the pain, all of that, but then they'd run the culture. I wouldn't have a UTI, but my doctor felt so bad for me, they'd give me an antibiotic because they're like, well, you're always in here, right? So you, I just had chronic issues and then it just kind of t- started to tear down different systems, a lot of joint pain, a lot of inflammation, and this is while in my fitness career. So I had to really shift. Once I got my diagnosis, it was a lot of masking with pharmaceuticals. It was a lot of trying different procedures, different birth control, different this, that, and the other surgeries, and it wasn't bringing me any relief. And so I always tell people in all transparency, I don't demonize medications. I don't demonize pharmaceuticals. They can be a part of your healing journey. But for me, they didn't work. I got discouraged. I had no quality of life. There were days I couldn't get up and take care of my own children. There were days I slept on the couch, not because the couch was amazing. It's because I didn't have the energy or the strength to get up the stairs to go to my own bedroom. So Mm -hmm. for me, the quality of life was kind of stopping. I had to um, give up an amazing career. I had this great job, six, seven figures, bonuses, all of this. Two weeks later, 
I had to go back in in tears and hand the job back and explain to them that what they thought was just LJ and her period problems was like a serious problem to my entire body. And I wasn't going to be able to show up and fulfill that position. So at that point, I had scheduled a hysterectomy because I had bought the misconception that endometriosis is a period problem, right? So I was thinking, okay, yank out all my lady parts and I'll be better. And I had suffered for years. So you'll have to remind me, we should definitely, um, as I tell the story, we should define endometriosis, but that was one of the misconceptions. You know, have babies or yank out everything and you'll be better. So for me, the turning point was scheduling the hysterectomy. They couldn't get me in for six or seven months. And so real talk as a single mother, I sat down at my table and I'm like, okay, I've got to be able to make enough money for six or seven months, make it to surgery, and then have enough money to also about a year's worth of income needed to come in about six months. Mm. And so for me, that's what shifted my entire world because that's when I started to do more research, not only about endometriosis, but pelvic pain, hormonal imbalances. And that is where I really made some huge shifts in my nutrition. That whole mindset of eat six times a day, rev up your metabolism. We're living on plain old chicken chicken breast and broccoli, all of that crap that I'd peddled for years, I had to push to the side because it wasn't working. I was gaining weight doing all of those things. I was teaching Mm. classes and putting on, you know, weight all the time. I was always inflamed. I was always in pain. And so in that six to seven months, I made some huge shifts to where when I came in for pre-op, my doctor was like, what's going on? Like you're doing better. What's, you know, what, what's going on? And so I talked to him about the changes that I had made about my nutrition, changes to my fitness routines, mindset, et cetera. And he, I'll never forget. He was like shocked. He was like, I, he brought in his mentor to make sure we were looking at the same things and we're looking at everything side by side and so many drastic changes. He's like, well, whatever you're doing is working. And so at that point, I opted to cancel my hysterectomy. So even at the age of 43, I've not had a hysterectomy. I will never get a hysterectomy, but I was able to change my entire world. So yeah, when you think about it, that six to seven months pivoted my entire world, right? I couldn't get back on the stage and talk about how eating six times a day, you know, plain chicken breast and broccoli was going to heal your hormones. I had learned that healthy fats, right? I had never, ever did fats. We came from the fitness mindset of, I don't want to be fat, so I don't eat fat. I'd never had coconut oil, olive oil. So I had to make some huge shifts. So I had to step away from what I was doing to really heal myself naturally. But when I came back, then I could no longer in good conscience, you know, travel around just telling everyone, well, working out two hours a day is going to bring you the body that you need. It's going to balance your hormones. Hey, you got some belly fat. You probably just need to add in some more cardio because I just came from a life of where that wasn't working. So when I say shift and pivot, it pivoted everything. It was mind blowing for me. I mean, I would have felt like a hypocrite, you know, going back and saying some of this stuff and not that, um, you know, and like I said, not that I was trying to lead people astray before, but I was giving, you know, these presentations and doing based upon the knowledge I had. But once again, I'm my own main experiment when it didn't work for me and I'm definitely results driven. I'm like, baby, we got to go back to the drawing board. So when I came back, that is where I shifted. It was no longer just fitness, 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 you know, what extra class can you, you know, get into your day? It was more like, hey, are we, you know, are we talking about stress? Are we talking about hormones? Are we over exercising? Right. And now, like I said, that's huge coming from shooting eight hours worth of videos. Some days, you know, I would travel and, you know, do a seminar and Friday, Saturday and Sunday, 
exercise for eight hours. You know, that I was there to certify and train you and get you up. And it's so funny, a friend of mine texted me this morning and she came from the fitness background as well. And she too now helps women who have hormone issues talking about, you know, perimenopause and menopause. Mm -hmm. So I think, I feel like we all kind of came from the whole aesthetic fitness, 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 let's get on stage and these bikinis with this 2% body fat. But let's talk about how, you know, most people that get on that stage and then two months later, they're like 80 pounds heavier, right? (laughs) Because their thyroid is shot, their hormones are shot. So that was the biggest shift for me as scheduling the hysterectomy, changing my world, being able to push the hysterectomy out the door with one of the other misconceptions that is what what the biggest shift was for me so even though i still had a huge hand in fitness and i do now i spend a lot more time on yes the aesthetics will come you know the belly fat will leave the acne will leave this that and the other we're no longer chasing symptoms which is what i was doing before now it's more about getting to the metabolic chaos getting to the root of the problem seeing what's really going on and then once we get that foundation right the skin will clear up the weight will come off the inflammation will come off it's not the way people really want to address it sometimes because you want that quick fix. I get the emails yeah. all the time. What is the juice cleanse? You know, I had painful sex last night. What detox do I need? If it was that easy, I'd airdrop it to you. It's yeah. not going to be that simple. <laughs> you know, there's going to be a process, you know, there's work behind it, but it's worth it. And especially when you're dealing with chronic period pain, chronic pelvic pain, and just that feeling of malice where you never, ever feel good. And it's not just around your period, but you get to where you're like, every day I feel like I've been hit by a bus. At that point, you get sick and tired of getting sick and tired and you are ready to make that shift. Yeah, I'm wondering, because I get the sense that this was a huge professional shift for you as well. Like it was like a personal health transformation and then a professional shift. Was there no space for this new LJ, this new experience, the new advice, the the changed nutrition, the changed exercise recommendations? Was there no space for that in the job or in the role that you were in? Could you not have just, did you try to change it from the inside, I guess, as to like where you were and bring this new knowledge without having to completely like leave and do something else or start right. a business. Or- so for me, I had my own business, but I also, so I was, you know, I had my own business, but I was always still an employee for other people. So at that time, the employee LJ that would just show up and push your programming, I yeah. couldn't do it anymore. It wasn't about how much money you were going to put in my bank account because yeah. that didn't bring back the new LJ. When people were asking me, oh my gosh, you look amazing. You've got energy. Like, what's going on? I couldn't be, oh, it's, you know, it's that weight program I've been yeah. pushing. It just wasn't that anymore. But, so I really shifted more into my own practice. Yeah. Is that what you're asking? Well, I, it's, it's in there. So mm-hmm. this employee that you were, did you mm-hmm. try to change it from them? Did you go to them and like, hey guys, I'm bringing something different here. Like this actually is not what I believe is going to help people. Like, do you want to update your methodology? Maybe like, did you do it? That's a good question. So that makes me think of when I was working behind the scenes with the extreme weight loss challenge. No, Uh that was not going to be brought to the table. That is Hmm. not the agenda that was going to be pushed. You know, that was not what our sponsor, which was Coca-Cola. Think Uh about it. We're running a weight loss program and Coca-Cola is our biggest sponsor. I'll let you do the math. That's already screwed up. (laughs) That was not going to be pushed in the new agenda. Um, so that those are that is one of the things that's why it's so funny. I've never been asked that question. That's one of the things I had to step away from. I yeah. had to step away from the over exercising behind the scenes on some of these major network programs 
because honestly, honest to God, I'm, I'm reaching out to some of them now. I'm on Facebook with them now. The person that they were when they walked off stage six, seven, eight years later, notice we've never did a remake. I'll just leave it at that, right? We, yeah. we haven't did a reunion because some of that whole drastic lifestyle, they're just so desperate to lose weight. That doesn't bring lifestyle changes that last a lifetime. It comes yeah. under more of the diet, the gimmick, you know, the gimmicky, the detoxy, whatever. It's more about lifestyle changes. And so for me, I had to make a lifestyle change. It wasn't going to be a 21 day gut buster yeah. you know, situation. A, you know, 21 days drop 21 pounds. That was the old mindset. Yeah. That was no longer what I could promote because it wasn't working for me. And that right there is diet culture, right? Like it sounds mm -hmm. like you were very much before promoting a type of diet culture through this company. And it kind of like makes me like, how dare they, <laughs> you know, like how dare they when they're when their best people it sounds like are dropping out of the game because no this isn't what's healthy for us you know well and i think it's a balance i mean i'm, I'm not definitely not shaming either side <laughs> but for me personally yeah. i have to walk the walk and talk the talk yeah. i don't care how much money yeah. you're going to pay me i can't sit here and say i mean let's be honest when you see these advertisements and it's like the person that has a six pack I'm thinking, baby, they just heard about that shake two months ago when they got, you know, the ambassadorship. <laughs> they have not, yeah. the, the body they have now didn't come from yeah. the shake that they're promoting. <laughs> so yeah. that I know that, but the everyday person, you know, that's on QVC at 2 a.m. in the morning, they don't know that. They're grabbing it, they're doing whatever. So yeah. for me, I had to stay true to what I was doing. And also, as I suffered in silence, I started to see more people come out and was like, oh my gosh, yes. You know, my period is a thing, you know, I hear yeah. my patients and clients all the time talk about how they miss five to seven days of work a month. I mean, when you think about it, you think you're a full-time employee, but when you start thinking about all the PTO you have to take, and let's talk about the days that you're missing that you're not able to use PTO because you're out yeah. of PTO, that's when you're just like, the gimmicky stuff doesn't sound as appealing then, right? It's not yeah. really going to be a 21 day fix. It has to be a true lifestyle change. Yeah, gosh. Oh, that's a lot. Um, that's all a lot. It's a very intense story. Uh, and so much to learn from that. Ah, so let's talk about then after, yeah, the solution of this, right? So yeah. <laughs> what did that the look solution. like? Yeah, you, you left. <laughs> the solution, the solution for me, like I said, was making a lot of the things that I do right now with my patients, nutrition mm -hmm. changes, fitness changes, mindset, and actually fueling the body, leaving that mindset mm -hmm. of the deprivation of the 1200 calories. And like I said, not diet shaming. I mean, definitely I'm not into the diets and the gimmicks, but the whole mindset of restricting our body to heal, I've really shifted to that and it's more shifted from that and it's more to what can I bring into my body to heal my hormones naturally? What can mm. I do to really get to the root of the problem? May it be some functional testing to see where my hormones are at? Possibly I need to work on my gut health. When we think yeah. gut health, a lot of people think, "Ooh, a probiotic." You know, "Ooh, I drink kefir." "Oh, I take yogurt." <laughs> Yes, and those things can be helpful, but sometimes when you're dealing with that chronic systemic inflammation throughout your entire body, you need a more specialized approach. So it's coming mm. away from the cookie cutter, you know, lose five pounds to do this. Oh, you want to sleep better? Take a couple melatonin. It's moving away from that, you know, even in the natural space, a pill for every ill and mm -hmm. really getting down to the root of the problem and giving you that blueprint so that when you wake up every morning, you have your toolbox and maybe you are still diagnosed with PCOS 
PCOS, endometriosis, fibroids. Yeah. Maybe you still have lupus, arthritis, etc. But when you're working with me, you wake up with a toolbox that mm. really has you, like I said, stepping from being at war with your body every single day to actually being a conqueror and waking up with that, you know, that badass toolbox that you have that will put you in the driver's seat of your health where you're not just going along and being in the back seat, kind of like Uber, right? Where your yeah. hormones are driving you all around yeah. and your oh, illness is really dictating what you do, but it's allowing you to get in the driver's seat of your health. Yeah. And you're doing that and how you work with people now through like blood panels. Is that right? And like individualizing the approach for them? Yes. So we do use some blood work. I do probably when it comes to the hormones, I do more of the Dutch test, which is the urine. So that's kind of okay. a newer thing, right? Okay. Tell <laughs> people us are like that. urine. What? <laughs> What's All going right. on? So this is amazing. Perfect segue. So I do have an episode coming out next week. So I have a podcast, which is the holistic with a W okay. endo expert podcast. And I've got my girl, Dr. Carrie Jones coming on the expert when it comes to the Dutch test. And we talk about how nice. maximizing the Dutch test, which is the dried urine test to check in on the hormones, see what's going on, not just where your hormone levels are at, but yeah. how your body is metabolizing them. There's a okay. lot that goes on with that, which is why I know I see your face. You're like, what? I know it. That's know, like a whole nother cool. hour. <laughs> it sounds really cool. I'm like, no, yeah, but it, it really know. helps you as far as functional medicine, right? It, okay. I love the blood work. I think it can be helpful, but blood work, how many times, and I'll just ask, I'll even ask you, how many times have you had blood work that looked okay, but you're like, but I just don't feel like something just yeah. feels off. Well, I'm like infamously like anti going to doctors, unfortunately. <laughs> right. I'm one of those. Um, but yes, the one time when I was suffering so hard, and this was way back in my twenties of like, couldn't lose weight, didn't understand what was going on. You know, my mother became convinced that it was my thyroid because she has mm. thyroid issues. And she's like, I'm sure it's your thyroid. Like I'm positive. It's your thyroid. So I remember going to like a private clinic to get my blood work done on, you know, I had to like pay all this money at the time and, mm -hmm. you know, college student and all that. And, um, I go and, and yeah, and then bring it to a doctor and yeah. And the doctor's like, Nope, you're fine. We, we don't see anything. It's there's nothing in here, you know, and I gave up on it. I never went back and tried to do that again. And yeah, I, I've not even carried that around like as a part of my story of that. But yeah, I that, so yes, the one time that I decided to get help right. blood work. Yes, it was completely dismissed. And I love it. You're one time versus my probably 500 appointments yeah. in my lifetime. So right. one time to 500 people. Yeah. Find yourself in there. That exactly. is where you will see that the exactly. I'm fine when you don't feel fine. Yeah. That is why I really love to test and don't guess. Blood work can be important, but when it comes to hormones, I love to do the Dutch test. Also, if you're having, you know, GI issues, being able to look into it. I know yeah. some of it's not so sexy, test, but say, exactly say it say it again. The poop test. Yes, that's I was like, not so sexy, <laughs> the stool test. But yeah. I'm telling you, the answers that you get from it yes, and able yes. to turn your life around, baby, it's totally worth it. Well, <laughs> and there's a whole industry it. cropping up around these tests that you can do at home. No. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And you want to be able to do them. But I think the thing is, is also making sure you have someone that can interpret it. 
So I think there's like the, you know, like you send the kid off, you know, the head, because I've had people come to me and they're like, hey, I've done all this testing. And I'm like, oh, okay. And they're like, what does it mean? And they're just like ordering every kit. So it's like, make sure you also have someone that you can work with to interpret it. Because I mean, it's a gold mine, but you need to know like what to do next. And you definitely don't want to be bringing in herbs and supplements if you're not trained in that, if you're not, you know, really knowing what's going on. Well, and also what I've learned from all the interviews I've done on this podcast is that like getting your blood panels done, even your hormonal blood panel, all of that done, and then taking it to a doctor does absolutely does not mean that they are going to pick up on what's going on with you unless you go to a specific type of practitioner that's going Mm -hmm. to look for, you know, real markers in that, that a regular MD like that's not specialized would not be looking at. Right. And that's kind of where I come in. I kind of help you connect the dots. Once again, coming from my own story where I had the acne, right? So I had the dermatologist, I had the back pain. So I had the pain management, I had the pelvic pain, had the OB, had this, that, but it's like, I needed someone to bring all those pieces together. So for me, getting the diagnosis of endometriosis really just heightened to where I have to have everyone on my medical team working together. I can't just have an OB. It's kind of like, you know, a dentist. Okay, you may have an amazing dentist, but that doesn't mean that you're not going to need to go to your PCP. Like everything is connected. Um, We were joking about it on another podcast, but it's like it comes, you know, I hate to say it, but the head is still connected to the body. And sometimes we want to silo all of these different things. And it's bringing it together is where you can really find the healing wins. I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Dr. LJ Johnson. Thank How, if, if people want to get in touch with you, um, I'm going to put all of this in the show notes, but do you have like a website or Instagram handle you want to shout out in case? Yes. I love it? my Instagram. Lots of, <laughs> lo- lots of, lots of, lots of free content. If you love Instagram, if you love social media. So LJS underscore powerhouse is my Instagram. Like I said, lots of free stuff over there. There's also a link there. If you want to work with me, maybe you want to hop on a free discovery call. Maybe you're listening and you're like, Ooh, this is a crazy story, but I got some of this stuff going on in my world and you just want to chat and just have a fresh set of eyes on your situation. Um, we'll definitely, you know, click the links and check it out. And I'm definitely just here to support and educate and empower. My main thing I would leave you with is just whatever your diagnosis is, you're more than that. Mm. You just need the blueprint to maximize your life. I love that. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. This is Carrie, and I just wanted to drop in quickly to remind you to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, and head on over to www.28ish.com to sign up for our newsletter. And remember, your cycle is more than your period. Bye!